0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 638. Forget
1: luck, live by intent. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green
0: is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Paris this evening, Gautam Sen. Gautam, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Great to have you here. Gautam Sen is acknowledged as India's leading automotive journalist and writer. He has written several critically acclaimed books on automobiles, and his latest is titled Marcello Gandini, Maestro of Design. In 1986, he founded India's first and subsequently most successful automobile magazine, Indian Auto. He's now based in Paris. Gautam is involved in several projects to design and develop cars for the Indian and international markets. He's consulted on India's leading automotive manufacturers, and he's led the design and development of India's first sports car, very cool, the Sun Storm. And since 2015, he's been the vice president at FIVA, the International Federation of Historic Vehicles. So Gautam, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for
1: automobiles? Thanks very much, Mark. And um, actually, you've covered everything. You know, there's nothing much to say about (laughs) (laughs) it. No, no, but like many others, like you and like many others, uh, you know, who were young boys, were crazy about automobiles, crazy about cars, crazy about playing with little model cars. Uh, Most grew up, I think few of us you, me, and a few others, didn't. And that's that's the first part that I didn't grow up. I still still had this crazy <laughs> passion for cars since <laughs> I was a kid. Still play with them, sometimes smaller ones, sometimes bigger ones. I do have a fairly good collection of uh, model cars, too, a few thousand. But oh, all a few thousand? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, about 3,000 or so, I think. I oh, think so. my gosh. I keep buying gosh. them, and I have a bad habit. I went out this afternoon and bought a few more, three more. But anyway. Oh, wow. Keep doing that. Exactly. So yeah, I do like, uh, I love cars. And uh, that's been my life. I grew up in India, which at the time when I was growing up was a completely closed and protected market. We had only three manufacturers, you know, whereas the US had its big three, we had a small three, hmm. okay, where these three car companies, which made very few cars. I mean, they were making cars uh, in, in the numbering about, you know, ten, fifteen 15 to 20,000 cars every year. That's about it. The total... Market for cars in India at that point of time was not even thirty-five to 40,000 cars a year. And so when I grew up, we had just these three cars that we saw all, all the time. The car called the Hindustan Ambassador, which was based on an old Morris Oxford an English car from the late 50s, 1958. Mm-hmm. A car called the Premier Padmini, which was based on the Fiat 1100 from 1962. And the Standard Herald, which was the Triumph Herald from 1959. And so any car that was not any of these three, which was an imported car, a foreign car, a car from a Chevrolet Impala from the U.S. was absolutely extraordinary for all of us, of course. Sure. So I grew up in that kind of situation, that kind of a thing where um, cars were far and few between in terms of interesting cars. But we had access to magazines. And the first magazine that I ever uh, did come across, or rather a car book that I ever came across, a MacBook, that really changed my life. And I realized that how I was so much obsessed about cars when I grew up, finished my graduation, did my master's in business management. At just that point of time, India was starting its national car project called the Maruti Yudh a company called Maruti Yudh And I was able to join Maruti Yudh as a management graduate straight from my business school into this particular manufacturer, which now is India's biggest. It's a Suzuki joint venture. Uh-huh. And um, I joined them. Started working in a car company. My first, my first. Well, it was not my first job. I had done. I had worked before that, but it was the first proper job. Mm-hmm. Then two years later, I left that to start uh, India's car, first car magazine. I met this gentleman, a publisher, at a party. Got talking, convinced him that India could do with a car magazine. There were now a few more car manufacturers than just three, four, sure. five. Mm-hmm. That's about it. But still, time was right to start a car mag. Convinced, met, him, met up with him subsequently, convinced him. He told me, why did you come in and become the editor of the magazine? I'd never, I'd written some articles, but I, was, I knew nothing about editing. Started India's first car magazine. I was 26 years old then. Wow. And then, from then onwards, um, I well went on to launch several other car magazines, including uh, the BBC magazine called Top Gear, the Indian edition. Uh, German Magnetical Automotive Transport, and magazine Magnetical Auto India, which became India's largest car magazine ever. Wow. Got down to writing books also, but my interest and passion throughout were about design. What I really liked in the area of car and the automobile field was design. And um, I did start my own stuff. I did a motorcycle, did a sports car, and then I moved to France in 1996, 20 years ago, to kind of work on this project the car called the sandstorm the first indians convertible first indian sports car we worked on that project which then went back to india for it to be manufactured but i stayed on i lived stayed on here i got married my wife is french and in the meantime i went on working with several other manufacturers and uh, a, a, you know in the, in the automotive field done several other projects since then wow so that's been the best once i designing and developing cars or being involved with projects which were for designing and developing cars. Other side magazines writing and writing about cars.
0: Wow. Well you went uh head first, headlong into this automotive passion of yours. I think it's absolutely, absolutely. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And as we continue on your journey as we talk today, I always start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of thing that's important to you it's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so gautam
1: take the wheel well one very simple one which comes from essentially um you know something that that, that comes from um, though i i would say I, I don't i'm not i don't follow my religion i don't have a religion i don't really believe in a religion in that sense but i i was born a hindu and one of the things in hinduism it says is that says forget luck live by intent ah nice despite the fact despite the fact that hinduism is otherwise very fatalistic or you know it's strangely enough it's it's a contradiction of the religion that you have this thing that says forget luck live by intent and that to me i think is one of the most important things. that if you're going to wait for something to happen are you going to say something to kind of you know something of a situation where it says okay let's wait you'll be lucky one day and something's going to fall in your lap i think that's not going to happen ever if you want something you have to go out and get it so I think that's very important to be able to live by intent. And that's, you know, that's that's the one mantra that I really believe in following.
0: Well, I love that mantra. And I've always said that luck is nice, but luck, I think, is when preparation and opportunity collide into each other. And I think that's exactly uh goes back to living by intent is to always being prepared, always be thinking about what could happen and looking around for those opportunities and jumping in when those opportunities happen. So uh I like that very much. Very nice. Well, let's go back in time. You're welcome. You talk about being a little boy and liking cars. I think you're still a little boy with all 3,000-plus model cars. Oh, my gosh. You've got me beat by a long shot. But could you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life when you realize that, uh uh-oh, I'm a car guy? Um, yeah, actually, I,
1: that's what I'm saying. I, I saw your, saw the fact that you had kind of made a few points. You sent me some points saying that these are the ones we'll be kind of talking about a bit. Yes. And this was one of the points, of course. And I said, look, was there a particular moment? And that's a bit difficult in the sense that I felt that I, since I can remember, I've been crazy about model cars, about little toys, about, you know, getting them, buying them, getting others, gifting me. Everyone knew I need, I light cars. And I felt that every other boy was like me. <laughs> Okay, the difference was is that fact that when I came across this particular magazine or rather this Macbook, which was uh, a publication a an English publication called By Daily Express, which was the Motor Show Review for the 1970 Motor Show Review, which I came across that in 1971, actually. It was not in 1970. It was, I think, the, the Motor Show must have been later in the year. By the t- time these mag- magazines or these books came to India, it's so always there was a bit of a delay, a few months. They came by ship, I presume, and it arrived, I think, early nineteen seventy one. And I went, I used to go to this magazine shop uh, close to where I used to live, and there was this book, this magazine, or what do you call it—a booklet, of a fairly large magazine—and I said that that magazine was absolutely fantastic for me because that's where it had all the models of all cars that were made in almost all made in Europe, virtually most of the cars made in the U.S. and then other parts of the world, too. And that, I think, was the one I said, hey, when I bought that and I took it back home, it's like for the next few days, there was nothing else that I could read I could concentrate upon. <laughs> and that kind of changed my life. And I think that's so, more than anything else, I think that's probably the magazine that really changed my life, in a
0: way. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of my guests, that they got magazines from their dads, their uncles, cousins, next-door neighbor's when they were very young hot rod magazine or in the case of the publication you found and they it just opened their world to all these different automobiles they never even knew existed especially if you lived in a place like where you lived where there was pretty isolated as far as cars i grew up in southern california where there was all sorts of cars all around all the time so i was very very fortunate in that sense well gautam what i want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk a little bit about huge challenges or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. This is an important question because we all face these challenges, but the most important part about challenge and failure is what did it teach you and how did you move forward? So take us to a point in time. You've been an entrepreneur your whole life. That's a roller coaster ride for sure. Take us to that time and walk us through it and tell us what it taught you.
1: Well, actually, I haven't been an entrepreneur in that sense, in the sense that um, I have, um, I, when I started the first magazine in India, uh, or Indian Auto, at that point in time, I worked for a publishing house. I was an employee. And then when I moved, after I started the second magazine, again I, again, I was, again, an employee. It's only when I moved to France, to Paris, and started the consultancy work, starting with the Sandstorm project, and then subsequent project, that's when I started working as a, consultant and as an advisor with my own little setup very little I mean that's just me and I was advising I was working with various designers various people various engineers various um, you know prototype shops. so I was working with different people but at the end it was essentially a small consultancy till I decided to start my own publishing house way back in India uh, that was way back in 2019 and 2000 when I decided that I would start my own magazine and I tied up with a German publishing house called Motorpress Stuttgart, who published the magazine called Automotor and Sport, to take Automotor and Sport to India to do an Indian edition of Automotor and Sport and to start my own publishing house. And that's the first time I really went and did something entrepreneurial. Let's put it that way. I mean, that's the one. I mean, the consultancy is easy. Let's put it that way. Whereas, it's entrepreneurial, when you're going and hiring people and putting together a team, putting setting up an office, and that too in India. When the Indian market was opening up, it was easier to do these kind of things. But I did do that. I set it up. There was an aspect of how much I could bring in of money that I could bring into India, which I did. Beyond the point, I had to take on an Indian partner, which I did. And then that Indian partner took me to court. Oh, no. And and yes, and it became a complete mess. Finally, we had to shut it down. I lost a lot of money. We, the matters the matter which because it was it involved a trademark which was international and which was internationally recognized trademark automotive transport matters finally ended up in court in in fact fortunately for me in Paris because that's where the national court is and the whole thing became a huge mess other than the fact that I lost money, I lost face, I lost a lot of things the whole thing collapsed the whole team had to be kind of fired whatever yeah the fact that they landed up in court but what was important was not to compromise, not to come to an understanding or not to come to an agreement where, which was out of court, which is what everyone else was advising. But I felt that, look, we were on the right. Uh, my German partner and me, we were on the right. My Indian partner was not quite, I thought things weren't quite exactly correct there. And said if matters had to be dragged on to court, which he did drag on for the next two years before it was resolved, so be it. And I think that's where I learned not to compromise, that at the end, I must say that, yes, I did. I wouldn't say it came off better. I didn't. But I learned a lot. From that, I've, you know, kind of learned enough not to make the same mistakes in terms of making sure that when you're going into any kind of arrangements, any kind of partnership, everything on paper is absolutely clear and correct. That was what the learning process was. The other learning process was the fact that sometimes things are a bit premature in some ways. And it's probably better to time yourself and be there in a marketplace or in a place or with a product at the right time instead of being a little too much in advance. Yeah. So that's been the learning. And, uh, well, I've come out of it uh, with my hair all gray, but I've survived it.
0: Well, I always say, at least if you have hair, that's a good thing. I wish I had more hair. I don't care what color it was. <laughs> wow, what a story. What a learning curve. And I appreciate you taking us to that very probably painful time in your life and walking us through it. Yeah, when you're going to go into partnership with people, boy, you got to make sure everything is crystal, crystal clear on both sides. And that involves, Absolutely. of course, attorneys and costs and all these these things but setting it all up right in the beginning is the takeaway i got from this is where you really have to do your your legwork because otherwise if things go awry down the road uh they go really bad so uh wow tough times well let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum i'd love for you to share what i call a a career aha moment it's a time when the the headlights come on those marshall headlights on those old cars that are so wonderful and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction in your career tell us about That aha moment for you.
1: Well, that aha moment for me must must have been when I decided that I had the opportunity and the possibility of getting a vehicle designed in Europe. The Sandstorm project, the India's first sports car. It's before that what I had done is I had gone and done my own little two-seater. And uh, it was nice. It was very cute. At least I think it was very cute. Very nice. A friend of mine liked it very much. He bought it off me with the idea that he would commercialize it to go ahead and make India's first sports car. That was the company called San Engineering and Locomotive. This friend of mine was making manufacturing locomotives and he thought he could also make a sports car. And we tried to design develop it in India. We obviously didn't have the ability and the knowledge or the experience to do a proper job of it. Decided that that's where that this project had to be taken somewhere to some other part of the world where people knew how to actually design and develop the product. Choices were between Italy and France. Finally came to France for the simple reason that we found this team which had worked upon projects like the Venturi sports cars and other small volume manufacturing projects which were, and the costs were kind of good. And to bring the project to Paris, that was, I would say, the kind of, okay, hey, look, the opportunity was there. Let's do it. Let's bring the whole project across to France, to Paris. I could, in that process, move to Europe, the place where, where you know, which I had always, when I was growing up as a kid, I knew that this, this is where some of the most exciting cars were getting designed and developed. I said, okay, maybe I could go and work on this project over the next one or two years or three years, whatever it would take. And then probably I would go back or what, something like that. But I didn't. Stayed on. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, you can sense the kind of the aha moment, if you call it that. It's pretty incredible when you think
0: about this. You decided to just design and build a sports car for India. I mean, wow. <laughs> that's that's a huge aha in my mind and then to take <laughs> on the challenge of figuring out how to do all of that. Uh the Sunstorm as I've seen images of that car is almost like a little kind of like a Mazda Miata but kind of compressed a little exactly. bit. Yeah, kind of that exactly. feel and exactly. look of that car. Yeah, so uh very very cool. Well, kudos to you and your team for taking on such a challenge because I've had a lot of car designers as guests here on Cars, yeah. It is not a simple task. It is not a simple task at all. So uh, kudos to you guys for seeing that through and actually having it done. Would you say that's your proudest career moment or is there something else that you would share with us that you would call your proudest career moment or business moment?
1: I would say that when I became an editor of a car magazine in 1986, when I was 26 years old and I could become an editor of, a, of India's first car magazine. To me, that was something which was very special because here suddenly we are, you know, I, I was i was editing a magazine. I was an editor of a magazine and uh, an automobile magazine, India's first. So that, I think, was quite a special moment. But that's, of course, now long into the past. And that was the beginning of a career. It was in, in, in retrospect, it's part of a, you know, normal, let's say, stream that I've, things happened. Sure. I think the proudest moment in the sense at the moment is the book that's, that I've just published, which has just come out, which is Marcello Gandini, master of Design, for the simple reason that when I was growing up in in that book, in that Daily Express 1970 motor show review, when I was going through all those cars there, those photographs in black and white, the cars that really caught my fancy, the cars that really captured my imagination the maximum, many of them were cars designed by a gentleman called Marcello Gandini i didn't know that time the name at all i had no clue it was the years that i got to know who was that designer who was the designer who designed some of the most beautiful cars that i in my in my perspective the most beautiful cars ever and then it took me a long while to be able to meet up with him to be able to not just meet up with him but be able to get to know him very well enough and then to be able to convince him to do this book because he was he has been if you go through the book or if you kind of if i explain things then he wasn't for the idea he doesn't believe that a book should be written about him or anything he didn't it took a while of quite a bit of convincing and then that this book did happen so i think the book that's come out to my mind is probably the as, as someone would say it, it is it's it's the last 30 40 years of my passion for cars that kind of is reflected or show it's kind of kind of it's encapsulated by this book so in that sense this book to me is probably my most uh, that's it, the
0: problems that I am from anything that I've done. Well, yeah, Gandini, oh my gosh, some of the cars he's designed that are some of my favorite, the Lamborghini Mayura, the Kuntash, some of the prototypes that he's designed that I've seen around. I mean, he's done some amazing, amazing cars, some really, at the time, were just out there. I mean, so far out there, so crazy, so wild, so futuristic. Uh, he's one of my favorite designers as well. So that must have been a, a real treat to get to work with him. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I, I can't wait to get my hands. I don't have a copy of your book, but I'm going to get a copy of your book. I can't wait to get up my hands on it. Who ended up publishing that book, printing the book?
1: That was D- Dalton Watson, American Publishers, Dalton Watson. And um, they published the book. Awesome. And gave me a free hand to do what I wanted to do in terms of how how big or how much I could write about. So I well, I kept writing and I kept writing, so <laughs> yeah. finally it's 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 eight hundred pages, two volumes. Oh my and, uh, gosh, it's incredible. There's, 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 there's a lot in there. It's yeah,
0: in there. wow, awesome, really spectacular. That's great. Well, since we're talking about cars here on cars, yeah, let's go back in time again, and I'm going to ask you about your first really special car,
1: and maybe a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, my special—you uh, asked that exactly, and you also mentioned not just special car, but. Probably it's possible to talk about a bike and a truck also. So let me talk to you about my my first motorcycle. Um, it's not my first motorcycle, but that's a motorcycle that I bought. I had, a, I had a scooter first. My first vehicle that I owned was a little scooter uh-huh. because that was convenient. We had, um, in those days in India, to afford a car was quite a thing. My first job when I was editing, uh, when I was working for Maruti, I had a vehicle which was a company way, which was a two-seater which was actually not a car. It was a little pickup truck, which they weren't going to make, and they were going to have rejected it. It was just lying around, and I picked it up, and I could use it. So it was my first vehicle was a two-seater, but it was just an ugly little pickup truck. But anyway, that's a different matter. (laughs) My my first real bike that I went and bought, which I really liked a lot, was a bike called a Zundap 175. Zundap, Z-U-N-D-A-P? D-A-P-P. PP, P- oh, Z- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Zundap. It's German. Actually, well, it wasn't called Zundap. It was called Enfield 120, 175. Ah, I remember the old Royal Enfields. That's right. So that they the the company that's called Royal Enfield, that time called Enfield India Limited. They went and, went and picked up the license. They picked up, in fact, Zundap was the German manufacturer that was closing shop. I think that had gone broke. And Enfield went and picked up Zundap lock, stock, and barrel and moved their production facilities to india Other, not the facilities but at least the equipment etc and the models i see and they launched a range of motorcycles of which the most powerful or the biggest was just a 125 cc motorcycle which at that time in india was the most modern was not the not the one with the biggest engine but it was the most modern because it had uh disc brakes up front it had alloy wheels it had uh Pioli shock absorbers it had brembo disc brakes and chromodore alloy wheels, which that time was extremely, extremely modern, extremely exotic in India. So I went out and bought that bike and I straight away stripped it off and redesigned something which (laughs) I did. And that's why it was so special because when I bought it, it was the most modern bike in India. And what I wanted to do was to go and design something on that. And I was able to do this design, which I think was very nice, very successful which became a subject of an of an of a of a television advertising uh, it became it was in a tv ad and made it kind of famous and i sold a few of those replicas to a few other you know fellow enthusiasts so that was what was special about the first bike that i ever had
0: very cool very cool i like that i wasn't expecting that answer at all i love it well speaking of vehicles how about the old sellers remorse story the sad tear in the eyes there A car or a motorcycle that you've let go that you really wish you had
1: back? That would be my first um, car that I kind of worked upon. Now, I went and um, same thing. It's after I'd done the motorcycle and which was successful and I was fairly pleased with myself. So a few other people or whatever, they went and did, you know, paid to get similar stuff done. I thought, okay, why not next? Why don't you make my own little car? Ah. India didn't have any sports cars, any two-seaters, nothing at that point of time. So I went and bought a car called the Dolphin, which was this car made in India from a license from a British manufacturer called Reliant, if you have heard of them. Reliant Uh is to make the Robin, these silly three-wheelers, which have been subject of many (laughs) funny movies. (laughs) The cars that tip over all the time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Reliant was to make the Robin. They also made a car called the Kitten, which was essentially the four-wheeled version of the three-wheeler. Okay. A little less silly. Yeah. But anyway, for, the point is that in India, there was this manufacturer, a gentleman called Sipani, Mr. Sipani, who had managed to get the license from the government to ma- to be able to make cars. And he went and got the license of this Reliant kitten and started making them in India, calling them Sipani Dolphin. Mm. And so there was this car with a fiberglass body, two doors, two plus two, sort of a four seater, small car, tiny car with an 850cc engine. Okay, the most, uh, I mean, nothing is, is as slow as slow can be. Right. But actually, what was in this, it's very light. It's barely less than 600 kilograms. Okay, hardly 300 odd pounds. Uh, sorry, 1200 pounds. That's right, yeah. Would be not even 1200 pounds for this car. Or less, actually. It would be 1000 pounds for the car. 530 or 540 kilograms for the car. And that car was light. It had an engine which was not powerful, but was decent enough for it to be fairly quick. It's not not that the top speed was very high, but it was fairly quick. Yeah, and it handled very well. It was light, and so I took that, bought that car, a second-hand one, took the body off, and then made my own little two-seater out of that. <laughs> cool, cool. And so that that was good fun. This friend of mine who owned sand engineering and locomotive saw what I'd done, liked it very much, wanted to commercialize, and he bought it off me. And then we had this other project for to do the sandstorm sports car. But in the process of giving it to him, he went and then, well, modified the car, and then the car got scrapped. Mm. So I would have loved to have had that back. Yeah. And, well, that's gone now.
0: Yeah, it's all gone. Very, very interesting story. Wow, that's a a unique one for sure. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that has you really excited and fired up?
1: uh, Well, in terms of... uh, Design projects, the problem always is that whenever one is working on design projects, in fact, several other projects that um, I've worked upon, product design development projects, you kind of sign these non-disclosure agreements with the manufacturers. Yep, so you can't talk (laughs) about them. And then you can't talk about it. So there are currently two projects which I think are very interesting and exciting. And I hope one of these days, uh, these two projects are going to be in the public domain. Yeah. And people will be able to see it. But I can't talk about them. Well, the
0: when uh, when they do become public, you let me know, and I'll update your page here on Cars, yeah, so we can let uh, the followers know, and I'll put something out there on my social feed so that uh, my followers can be aware of what you're working on. But uh, I understand that. I, as soon as I asked that that question, I thought, oh gosh, there's probably not going to be anywhere we can go with that one. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Well, I
1: can I can I can t- tell you about my third most interesting project, though. Okay. Among them, in the list of them, the third most interesting project is another book. Oh, that I'm wow. working upon. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, which, which which is kind of more than halfway through, which is three quarters way there, and which I hope should be out by early next year. And this is a book on sort of the hundred or the 101 most remarkable cars in India. Oh, wow. Cool. So I've done a book on the Maharajas and the cars some years ago. Uh, in fact, that was my first book done about five six years ago. And this is a sort of a part two to that. So there are these cars which are in India, which are quite remarkable. Some of them are still owned, were owned by Maharajas, are still owned by Maharajas, or other people who used to be Maharajas once upon a time. And then there are other cars which were not owned by anybody, uh, I mean, which were remarkable cars, but not owned by uh, a Maharaja, Uh which were also quite interesting cars. And they didn't get featured in the first book. So they are now getting featured in the next, the second volume, let's put it that way, the next book which are some of the most unusual and most remarkable cars in India.
0: Wow, I'll look forward to that. Do you have a publication date in mind?
1: Um, yes, to have it out by end of January, ideally. Okay. Uh, January 2017, uh, with the idea that uh, there is a there's a concourse d'elegance in, in India, which is going to take place on the 4th of February. And if I could have the book out before that.
0: Very good. We'll look forward to that. Well here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, Gautam, what kind of car would you be and why?
1: That's a very difficult one. I, I have I really have no idea. I mean, I I wouldn't I can't imagine myself being a car somehow for one. <laughs> Maybe I like it less if I was one. Let's put it that way. <laughs> At the same time I might as well say my, my daily use, the car that I use on a daily basis currently, which I like very much, and I must say I've had it now for a while. We've had it for uh for um for 10 more than 10 years and i still don't want to let go of it because i like it so much is an alpha 156 oh nice okay. and um and and um, it's not a, it's not an extraordinary car, but it's, a, it's such a nice car and i like alphas and this one is a really nice one and um and and if, so if that is if that is supposed to be i don't know if that's the car i like and i've you know i went and got it when um, you know, more than 10 years ago when I went and bought it uh-huh. and I still like it so much. Maybe then that's, if that's me, I don't know if that's the car, <laughs> that manages, which is very middle of the road, but it's nice. It's kind of light and it's sporty and it's functional. And it's practical. I'm a bit boring. So, you know, I'm, I wish I could say uh, I was, I was a Lamborghini Murra, but I, unfortunately, I
0: can't see that. Well, we anyway. all want to be one of those. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. We all wish we looked that, that good and sexy, but, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you, you answered the question quite nicely. So I appreciate you going there. Well, Gautam up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah. Sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. In addition to Premier plush and Berber custom floor mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Gautam, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: That's a difficult one. That's really difficult. I mean, the best automotive advice is, um, is um, you know, if, if the saying goes, the saying that, you know, what's behind you is behind you. What's, what's important is to look ahead. Um, you know, it's like, I think, was it Enzo Ferrari or someone like that? What's behind you is behind you. You know, it's a very Italian saying that yes. what's behind you is behind you. You know, forget it. Just go ahead. I think that's probably it. That's the best automotive advice. Enzo didn't give it to me. I've never met Enzo. So he <laughs> did but, but it's a kind of advice that others have given saying that, you know, what's behind you is behind you. Forget it. Don't forget it. You can learn from it, but you should. What's important is to just keep going ahead.
0: Yes, absolutely. I always say that's why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Yes. There's a great quote by one of my favorite Formula One drivers, the late great Ayrton Senna. It's even on my business cars and it says The past is just data. I only see the future. And I always like that saying by him.
1: Ah, yeah, that's really fantastic. That really captures everything, exactly. Yeah, I think so. At the same time at the same time you cannot ignore the past. You must you should know the past to know you should at least have a fairly good realization understanding of the past yes to know what can be done or what should be done for the future and
0: what you should not do in the future for sure <laughs> or what should not do for the future yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: now how about a personal yeah. habit would you share a personal habit that you believe has helped contribute to your
1: success over the years I think just this basic idea of prioritizing things, you know. I believe in being able to. I mean, what I like to do and everything, and it's like I get up in the morning and I say, okay, what am I going to do this today? I kind of prioritize what are the things I need to do, yep. and I have a, always a little, little, little writing pad that's in my pocket where I kind of sit and make notes on quickly. Okay, I must do this today, or these are things I need to, or I have a. To-do list, which I kind of tick off or kind of shift them around saying that these are what to be prioritized.
0: So prioritizing,
1: prioritizing for the day, prioritizing for the week, prioritizing for the month, prioritizing for your life all the while, I yep. think is very important. It's like that
0: saying, make a plan and work the plan. So yeah, exactly. setting priorities exactly. is good. Now, how about a resource? Yeah. There are a lot of great resources out there, but is there one that you could share with our listeners?
1: To tell you the truth, um, you know, I mean, today with the internet, of course, there are the resources keep changing. You know, the internet changes so much and the resources in that sense, if you're really looking at things like where you want to go back and refer to something, that's the one which keeps changing. The one which is a real constant for me, especially looking back to the past, if you have to check back on things and facts and figures on the past. I have these volumes of um, the World Car Catalog published, which used to be published by the Automobile Club of Italy. Okay. And I have the volumes from 1965, 67, 66, 67, till about till 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 about the early 1990s. Wow. And they're a fantastic reference point. You know, when you kind of go back, you want to check about a particular car, particular year, specifications, year, etc. That's a fabulous reference. But of course, in that case, you need to, I mean, you need to have that and everybody doesn't have that. The other one I would say, recommend, which is my other reference book, is a one called, well, it's a bit unpronounceable, but I will try that. It's called Onshat Bare, Classical Year that's that's a it's a Dutch publication. Oh, okay, yeah, d- yeah, difficult uh, to speak it's, that language. It's, a, it's a, exactly it's a single volume, and it has a it's a sort of a fantastic reference point for um, all, um, not virtually all, but most virtually all the important models by all the major manufacturers through time. They have it up to the nineteen nineties starting from the beginning of the automobile almost. I mean, not very many pre-1920, but from the 1920s onward till over 1990s, wow. you find almost a specification. It's just a, just a listing of photographs with the specifications. It's not okay. too much. But they tell you just what all the important facts are there. And that, to my mind, for me, has been a fantastic reference point. For my writing, for whenever I, for the magazines, for any time I need to double-check anything, I quickly kind of pull that one out and you know, get to the... The manufacturer, the model name, and the and the and the year. the one I really like uh, in recent times, which I read it's not that recent. I read this book about um, four or five years ago. Uh, it's by uh, Reuters journalist writer Paul Ingresia, American, who's who wrote this book called Engines of Change, mm. which is about fifteen cars that change America, and I like that book very much. I thought that kind of captures, you know, uh, this whole societal Impact and change of the automobile on American society, especially over the last, um, you know, almost 100 years. Uh-huh. And I thought that was a fantastic book. And I and I think that's a, that's a book which I would imagine most Americans should read. I think it's a, it's a really interesting book. Okay. Engines of Change by Paul Ingress.
0: Engines of Change. Great recommendation. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Gautam has been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Gautam Sen, and Gautam's name is spelled G-A-U-T-A-M, and his last name Sen, S-E-N. And there's another great place on the Karja yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the past 637 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a great resource for great reading. All right, Gautam, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, money's no object, I'll buy you anything you'd like today, what would that vehicle be and why?
1: Well, that would be the Lancia Stratos Ooh. HF, the prototype, oh. not the Zero, not the concept car, not the Lancia Stratos Zero, which is not very far from where you live, which is in Los Angeles at the, at the moment of somewhere in the U.S. for the matter. But the Lancia Stratos HF, the prototype, the car that went was, you know, was built for rallying. Yes. And the prototype car, which was white originally and then later on a matte orange, which is somewhere, I think it's in Germany at the moment. Mm -hmm. That car, yes, that's a car I would love to have had because I would still like to have, one day if I could, if the owner is ever letting it go, (laughs) that's another thing (laughs) that I can afford it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but I think yes.
0: that car was on the lawn at Pebble Beach one year. I'm almost sure. I'll have to go back and look through my pictures and things. But yeah, very, very unique, special car. And it's a, it's like a day-glow orange. It's a crazy. That's one.
1: right. Yeah, that's right. It's a fantastic one. It's because well, the Lancia Stratos as a car, I I think it's an extraordinary car because it's a, here was a car that was designed for a specific purpose and that was to go and win rallies, and which it did. Dev- yeah. devastatingly quick completely dominated world rallying championship it's what made world rallying championship a very exciting sport because when you have when you had photographs or videos of this amazing car coming towards you it just about you know i think that time when we were all growing up it was something so fascinating yeah it was a car that was um that was that that had that was sensible in the sense if you could call a car like that sensible and said <laughs> that it had great ground clearance which made it kind of you know, it's a kind of car I can imagine using it in a country like India or in one of these emerging markets because where the roads are not the best. You could still use a car like that. Sure. And it looked so good. It looked so fantastic. Right. So it had everything going for it. You know, extraordinary engineering, a Ferrari V6 in it. And this fabulous look. And the fact that it went and completely dominated World Running World Rally Championships.
0: Yeah, it's a very special car. I love the uh the vertical uh slits across the front hood are really dramatic. Exactly. In the way it's designed. And exactly. the back yeah. has those really big round headlights, kind of like big eyes looking Absolutely. at you. So uh Wow, you picked a pretty special car. That's gonna cost me a little bit. I'm gonna have to see if I can pry that out of the owner's hands for you. But uh <laughs> Uh, nice car. Very unique choice, too. I'm, I'm really, it's always a fun question to ask people because people always surprise me with their, with their, uh, options on that, um, magical gift that I'm going to give them. So very nice. Well, Gautam, you've taken me on a great ride today. I really have enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for calling in all the way from Paris, uh, my morning, your evening today, but on a Saturday, but it's really great to get to know you. Do you have one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down that French country road in that Lanchiostratos HF prototype?
1: Oh, I really wish. That's a wonderful image for <laughs> to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, parting is just simple, a very simple thing, which I think has been said maybe by others also, I'm sure. But I think, and especially considering that we all have been able to convert what is our passion, uh, our obsession, our hobbies into a vocation, into a livelihood is to be able to follow your dreams. I think what's very important, follow your dreams is what I tell everybody, and I think that's really important. And, and even if, if, if you are young, if you're, somebody is young and you know, is able to follow his dream, it's fantastic. Even if you are not young and you're much older, if you can still change tack and be able to follow your dreams, do so. Do so.
0: Absolutely important. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and also to get their
1: hands on some of your books? To learn more about me, there's a site. There's a site called www.gothamsen.com. And uh, that kind of, well, it's a a little site. I don't put too much in there. To get the books, it's a bit more complicated. Uh, The book, which is, of course, which is just out, which is uh, Marcello Gandini, Master Master of of Design, that one's available at Dalton Watson. So www.daltonwatson.com gives you an idea about where you can get it, which part of the world you are in. For my other books, some of them, most of them are actually probably run out of of print. I think uh, the book on the Maharajas, probably some of them on Amazon could still be available, a couple of them. Okay. Most of them are out of print, actually.
0: Well, I'll make sure that I list links uh, for our listeners on your show notes page at carsyeah.com so that. People can get their hands on it. I would encourage you to check out the book. Of course, Dalton Wilson, a great publisher. They produce some fantastic books. So uh, I can't wait to get my hands on this. And just go to uh com and type in a Gautam, G-A-U-T-A-M. And he's the only Gautam on our site. So uh, his name will pop right up so you can find his show notes page very easily. Gautam, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your worldly experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks. It's really good fun talking to you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYow.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.